Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Great American Senior Show. I'm Sam Yates, your gray-haired host, and again, we are back in Fort Pierce, Florida. And I love Fort Pierce. It's sort of hometown for me in many, many different ways. And it is a community that has access to many different counties around it. And in fact, it's called the Treasure Coast. And I believe we have located one of the hidden treasures of the Treasure Coast with our guest today. That's Wes Hart. Wes Harvin, and uh, you are here as a returning guest because you were on a previous episode. And Wes, I'd like to, in, in all sincerity, say it was a very outstanding first episode, and it's going to be a tough one to top, but we're glad you're back. Thanks for having me, Sam. I really enjoyed it, too. Glad to be here. Now, recap, if you would, uh, for folks who may not have uh, been in on the first episode. These programs are streaming, so theoretically someone could be listening to episode two before they listen to episode one. Recap of what your firm is and what it does. Yeah, my name is Wes Harvin II. I'm an elder law and estate planning attorney here on the Treasure Coast. Uh, I work with the estate trust and elder law firm in Fort Pierce, and that's what we do. We do all that sort of stuff for families really all up and down the state, but mostly here. Good recap. What would you say is the major focus? That's a broad umbrella, but what would be your major focus on any one given day? And that's probably not a fair question because on any given day, you've got different people coming in with uh, problems they need assistance on. A, a lot of different types of problems come in because, uh, you know, growing older uh, brings with it a lot of different concerns, some opportunities, some problems, but all things that are dealt with uh, better sooner rather than later. So um, a normal day for me might include meeting with um, a couple of older uh, citizens who are worried about passing on their assets to their uh, kids or grandkids. And then a couple times a week, I'll meet with a young entrepreneur who is, uh, who's still got kids in diapers but is looking to do great guns in their business, and they want to set things up ahead of time. And that's the best time to do it. And, you know, when we look at the Treasure Coast region, uh, we do have a lot of people who retire here. Uh, not everyone is a native like we are. So they retire here, and a lot of them are business people who have either an ongoing business or a business that they are going to be uh, getting rid of at some point in the future. And I, I don't like using that term, but they're looking at wealth management through estate planning. And that's where you help too. That, yeah, that's that's right. Um, estate planning or or business succession planning, as we call it sometimes, uh, is is very common. Is very common. We have people who were sometimes were very successful up north who are down here, uh, either doing it again for fun, sometimes for profit, or they sold uh, properties up homes, uh, up properties up north like homes can be very valuable. They're coming down here. They're looking to buy a home and then invest the, the rest in such a way that protects them not only from taxes, but from against potential lawsuit, either a car accident or someone coming back saying, you know, hey, you, uh, I'm going to sue you for something you did 10 years ago, that sort of stuff. And these different areas of law all kind of poke their noses into the tent at different times. And one of the things that I pride myself in is, is trying to take care of them all, the asset protection elements, the tax elements, and the will and trust side. We have really seen an influx of new residents, uh, whether they are seasonal new residents uh, or 
residents who actually are establishing uh, a resident situation here is perhaps one of the big reasons the tax situation in Florida. We don't have an income tax. That's right. That's right. That That's a real attraction. Uh, the, the Northeast Corridor it comes right down here. Um, I've always been told, I don't know if this is true, but I've always been told that uh, that the, the East Coast of Florida has so many uh, New Yorkers because of I-95, and the West Coast has more Midwesterners because of 75. That would make a kind of sense, right? So uh, we have a lot of people coming down, and, and here's the ticket that a lot of things don't, a lot of people don't understand. It's not necessarily just enough to establish yourself as a Florida resident. You have to disestablish yourself as a resident of wherever, Connecticut, New York, Maryland. And it's very possible. It's very doable. But it's one of those things where forewarned is forearmed. And with a couple of simple steps, we can try to make sure that you that your welcome's down here and don't have to pay any tax up there. And, and that's that's a, an interesting point because on one of our recent programs, we had a property appraiser. And the property appraiser was explaining that... Even prior to becoming a resident, if you have established this as your primary residence and not outside Florida, there are ways to file for homestead exemptions and protections. That's right. That's right. There are a couple of different filings that can help. Uh, But, you know, I I tell clients there's no one silver bullet. Uh, It's sort of a collection of things and some of the easiest things to do when you're trying to establish Florida as your new home is have your mail forwarded here, for example. Get a Florida driver's license. Uh, maybe get a Florida tag for your car. All sorts of normal life sort of upkeep type things anyway, but it can make a big difference if there's an issue. Do people have that challenged from time to time? Oh, absolutely. What happens? Well, what would happen then is one of the northern states says... We still think you are a citizen of us, and therefore, here's your tax bill. And then we would say, no, we're not, and here's why. And then this is where we we hope that the greater weight of the facts that the client has allowed us to create uh, bears down on our side. So that's why you have to do a whole list of things just to make sure that you've got all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. That's right. That's right. Because at the end of the day, there's there's real dollar signs with right. it. You know, 11% in Maryland, for example, or 2% even in North Carolina. I mean, these I say these all things as additions to income tax or property tax or sales tax and adds up pretty quick. Moving here from Ohio many years ago, we had a local income tax. We had a county income tax. We had oh, a wow. state income tax. And then based <laughs> on the community that you worked in, you also paid an income tax. Uh, it was uh, a significant burden. So, you know, I, I want to attest to uh, the fact that those people who are moving here to get away from taxes, Florida is a lucky place to be. And uh, we have sunshine. That's a big help. That's a big help. Uh, Sunshine down here, you know, uh, and more and more so clients, uh, I find, come down here for their health and stay here for it, too. Maybe maybe 20, 30 years ago, uh, it was still the case where people thought that their their doctors or the hospitals back up north were would would give them better care. But but nowadays. The, the the doctors and hospitals and, and facilities we have down here are just as good, if not better. 
and is twice as warm. And I will uh, send that over to the Economic Development Council of St. Lucie <laughs> County because that's what they have been telling people now. And, uh, and it's working because we are seeing more economic development here and more people wanting to call this particular area home. Another area that happens, probate. And you really are active in the probate arena. Oh, every day. Explain what you do. Probate is the name for the legal process whereby someone passes away and they own assets in their individual names, not joint names, not in trust for, not payable on death, but in their name. And then we look at the will and says, okay, what did this person want? And that's really our guide's guiding light there is what did this person want? What was their intention and desire? And then... We turn to the court and we say, Your Honor, we've had a passing. Here's a will. And here are their intentions. And the, and so the, the probate process in a nutshell is just the judge saying back to me, did they have any debts? Does anyone have any claims against them? Yes, no, whatever it was, we deal with it. Then at the end of the day, we take those assets and we make sure that we distribute them in lines with their guidance. And is that the process where we sometimes, those of us that still read newspapers or read them online, you see the notice in the newspaper of the passing of someone and anyone with claims or blah, 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 please step forward. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's a requirement of Florida law. We make sure we do that. We make sure we uh, uh, communicate with the beneficiaries and the family as to exactly what assets are at issue. But for whatever's confidential, we make sure we keep that confidential, too. Sure. Now, you mentioned earlier that uh, you, you had the word trust. A lot of people don't know what a trust is and why it's important. A trust is like a little corporation, and it's but it, instead of uh, uh, making widgets, its job is to carry out your desires. And that may sound a little vague to some people, but another way to say it is a trust is another way to take care of your family. And also take care of yourself because, see, a will doesn't exist until you die. A trust exists as soon as you sign it. So the law of Florida trusts helps you right away, but also your family. Quick example, if I leave my daughter a million dollars, she could get hit in a, in a car accident or something, get sued. Someone could take that away from her. But if I left that money in trust for her, we have ways of making sure that no matter what happens, that money is always protected. And we hear folks say, that will never happen to me. But it does. It happens on a basis more frequent than a lot of people realize. It does. It does. It's a shame. And and I've had clients say that to me many times. What if none of this stuff ever happens? And I look at him with a smile and say, then I hope every dollar that you spend with me is a waste. Then nothing ever happened. You never got sued. You never got hurt. You never died. What more can I ask? Famous words for my attorney was, God bless the man that sues my client. But, uh, you know, those things happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too he, true. Yeah. He, he had a plaque in, the, in his lobby. But, you know, we have, uh, as, we, as we look at this uh, senior population, 60 million seniors in America, 10,000 new seniors, those turning 65 and older every day. That's a staggering number. And it looks like you know, we're going to, to see even more of an influx of those seniors here into Florida. You've got your work cut out for you. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of opportunity. 
uh, for not only for the healthcare, but also just for the quality of life. You know, putting years in life and putting life in years is a good way uh, for, for people to see coming down here. And that means that we as attorneys need to make sure that we that we take that into account and take care of them and their families. That's also got to change. The impact of that is going to change the way needs are assessed, I would imagine, for our senior populations. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Most importantly, making sure that their medical care uh, is taken care of. And that's a place where a good estate plan can also dovetail with whatever state, whatever state or federal benefits that this person may be entitled to. We get a lot of veterans who come in our doors, and we get a lot of people who find out that they are eligible for some state assistance with their institutionalized care or skilled nursing facility care, but they just didn't know. They didn't know until they asked. They don't even know what a Medicare waiver is or some of those other vague things that that happened. You mentioned vets, though. Uh, Vets in particular don't always have to rely on the Veterans Administration for the care they need. No, they don't. They don't. Uh, it, it sure can be a big help. Yes. But sometimes it's not quite enough. And sometimes, certain times there can be, even be help for the surviving spouse. But sometimes that's not quite enough. And uh, it, here at our firm, we have uh, uh, attorneys who have been certified by the Veteran Association to represent vets in some of these concerns. And, and if you have any questions, that's a good place to start. I know here in Florida, because we have hurricanes, a lot of people will not leave their home to go to a hurricane shelter because the the hurricane shelter does not accept pets. Pets are like their family in many, many cases, and even more so. Uh, But also, there could be a flip side to that, that sometimes in the planning process, a senior will say, when I pass, I want my pets to be put down. What what is your thoughts on that? And I have a reason for asking. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, well, I I would much prefer for someone to say that they want their trusted party, be it their trustee, be it their CPA, their attorney, or a child. I'd much rather have them say that the the there's the, a new forever home is to be found. A lot of times, your vet can help with that. And uh, or, or or some of the no kill shelters around here, which we have quite a few of yes. on the Treasure Coast. Yeah. And that was the whole reason that I was asking that, because uh, in many cases, the caregiver ultimately will step forward after someone is passing and say, you know, I don't know what happened to that cat. It just disappeared. So uh, if you're thinking of taking care of your pet or you have desires to take your pet with you, uh, seek some Seek some counsel before you actually go that way. Uh, I I end up working with a lot of agencies around the state, and uh, our pets are very, very important. When it comes time for uh, someone to begin that discussion process, what do they need to bring in to your office when they come in for the first visit? Well, there's there's really no such thing as bringing in too much stuff. I I want to see whatever you want to show me, and I want to hear whatever you want to tell me. So if you have an old copy of a will, bring that in. If you've got some bank statements that are on your mind, go ahead and bring those in. If you've got your IRA statement or something like that, I I want to see it. We can can start with nothing. And if someone walks in with... uh, just uh, nothing in their pockets, but a lot of questions on their mind. That's always a good place to start, too. And then we can get real, we can sharpen our pencil on the numbers as we go forward. If someone wants to reach out and contact you, 
how may they do so? Uh, there are a couple different ways. We have uh, uh, our main office line, 772-828-2588. Our website, etelf.com, is a good place to check out uh, where we're going to do our next presentations because several times a month we do free presentations, seminars. They're not too long, and I make sure that I always put plenty of time at the end for a Q&A so you can ask your particular question if I didn't hit it during my conversation. And I think that's a great way to describe that because uh, once we put this particular program out on the internet and it's in a streaming process, it's there 24-7, 365 days a week from now until who knows when. So uh, we try not to mention any specific dates. So the information is there. By all means, go to the website and check it out because it is important to stay up to date on everything that's going on. Um, one additional question before we wrap up, and, and that question is, uh, will you come back for yet another episode? I'd be happy to do so. But before we wrap up, is there anything that I did not touch upon that is critical that people know? Well, the only thing I would mention is that I want not only our seniors here, but their family members to know that if you just feel like someone's not doing right by you, or you're starting to get the feeling that you're being bullied or taken advantage of, you don't have to take it. And I'm not talking about, I've got bed sores at a nursing home. It doesn't have to be something that uh, it, that that is painful as long as or, or physical, mental and emotional abuse, and especially financial abuse, has a lot of protections in Florida and under Florida law. And if, if it feels wrong, you don't have to call me, but you can call someone and say, I'm being exploited, or I'm afraid my mom or dad's being exploited, and I want to check this out. And you have that right. One of the things that, that I do see is more and more financial institutions saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You are taking out uh, how many, ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 to do what? And they raise a red flag. So, you know, kudos to those organizations for doing it. But elder abuse is skyrocketing. It, it, it really is. It's, it's, the, it's the unfortunate dark side of just uh, uh, having more of that population with us. And doing our best to, to care for them. And the great, don't get me wrong, the great, great, great majority of all of our seniors are very well taken care of. And I got to tell you, I, I see real heroes every week, family members or friends who, who reach out and they take care of their loved ones. But when that doesn't happen, you've got options. Two things to mark on your calendar, folks. One is that May... Every year, May is National Elder Law Month. And what I'm recommending is if you hear this program, whatever May that you are listening to, or even if it's not May, uh, whatever month it might be, give Wes a call and, and buy him a cup of coffee because he has the task of making sure that our seniors, and we'll all get there one day, are being taken care of. And the second is something that he just touched upon, and that is elder abuse. June 15th every year, whatever day that falls on, if it's a weekend, it's moved a little here and there, is Worldwide Elder Abuse Awareness Day. So we want you to take it as a responsibility wherever you are, here in the United States, 
one of the countries outside the United States, just as Wes said, if you see something, say something, or if you're a senior and you suspect that you're being taken advantage of, raise your hand and say, hey, I need help. Wes, thank you for being here one more time. I appreciate it very much. Happy to do it. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And we're going to have Wes back on for a future program because, folks, we have a lot more that we can chat about. And rest assured, we're going to do it. I'm Sam Yates, your gray-haired host of the Great American Senior Show. That's how our program ends. <laughs>